Hello and welcome. You're listening to Epic Podcast, Emergency Preparedness in Canada. My name is Grayson and this episode is entitled Objectively Speaking, Your Guide to Building Good Objectives. Unfortunately, neither Jillian or Joshua are able to join me for recording today, but I am joined by everyone's favorite ICS scholar, Tom Cox. We'll be chatting about some of the common problems with objectives and the implementation of the idea of management by objective during incident response. We'll also be talking about what to consider so that your next planning or incident objective is objectively good. All this and more on this episode of Epic Podcast, Current, Relevant, Canadian. Well, uh, my name is uh, Tom Cox. I'm the senior ICS consultant with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. My background in order to become a senior instructor with uh, ICS Canada and with the government of Alberta, uh, you need at least 25 years experience as a wine expert. And uh, that's, that's where I got my background in emergency management was uh, uh, when I was a wine expert uh, for two of the largest wine companies in Canada. Uh, I found I was doing too many nights and weekends doing wine shows. So I thought at 30 years of age, I would do something new every year for the rest of my life. And so I joined St. John Ambulance Brigade and uh, eventually did 10 years uh, with them, became a, a superintendent of a division. That was my foot in the door. And then I got into amateur radio and uh, working with the Vancouver police and then with emergency social services. And that took me to uh, Kelowna in 2003. I was reception center manager for three nights there. So um, backdoor way into emergency management, but uh, that's that's how I got my my start. So quite a diverse background and it's always <laughs> interesting to see where people come from and, and the perspective that gives them. We're here today to talk about objective setting. It is the new year. We're all making our new year's resolutions and quite often new year's resolutions fail. I think the same can often be said for incident objectives or object planning objectives for programs. So First off, what the heck are we talking about when we say objective? Why are they even important, and and how do you make one? So this this is uh, going going to be fun. Just the history of management by objectives within incident command is a story in itself. We we talk about management by objectives being one of the fourteen principles, but we don't really understand where management by objectives comes from. And we demonstrably do not know how to set objectives. And really a lot of our discussion uh, uh, for, for this comes from a question that was presented to me uh, by Sandy McKinnon with ICS Canada, who phoned up in frustration saying, how do you get an incident commander to set good objectives? I just watched a exercise with a 400 trained incident commander and they couldn't set objectives if their life depended on it and I thought well that's that's a challenge for me so away I went and it really goes back to an article I came across in the Australian Journal of Emergency Management printed in November 2002 and it was taking a look at span of control and management by objectives in in Australia and it was uh, an article by Jennifer Bean and in the article, she looked at 927 different incidents from Australia, different organizations, different states, and her analysis said not a single objective met the criteria. 
I haven't seen too many other reports until I got sent one just a couple of years ago from uh, the 420 S420 class in the United States. And they looked at all the incidents from 2014 and 15, uh, especially with the type one teams. And with that, now you're talking the best of the best here. So when it comes to type one team, less than 10%, quote and unquote. Okay, so if the best ICS practitioners are doing less than 10%, I think we've got a little bit of a challenge there. And so that's Canada, Australia, and the United States. Um, I want to make clear right from the start, we're not doing things wrong because we managed to successfully resolve incidents. But what it says to me is that we are doing one thing and saying we're doing another. And that is a serious problem because when it comes to saving lives, any inefficiency or misunderstanding is is got to be unacceptable. And when you're talking 9% to 0% good objectives, then we're talking out the side of our mouth. We need to laser focus on management by objectives. How do you make that measurement? We've talked about good, bad objectives. What does that even mean? So one of the first problems is there is no definition of what an incident objective is. Canada added it in a couple of years ago when I pointed out that we had no definition and the definition they had added is incorrect or misleading it at the very least. And I call that the great gap in incident management is that when we saw in the 1980s that management by objectives might be, give a, a real boost to the incident command system, we grabbed it and put it in wholeheartedly, lock, stock, and barrel, but we, A, didn't understand the great gap, that there was no definition of what an objective is, and B, we didn't integrate it into ICS. It sticks out like a sore thumb. And because of that, two things are happening. One is you can never evaluate objectives. And then second of all, anything that you state is an objective must become an incident objective. And that opens it up to personal preference, organizational convention, and whim. It becomes a basket of all good intentions um, and, you know, we, we resolve to have a, a coordinated response. Yeah, that's not the reason you're there. Uh, just because, and, and here's my image, is a, a bunch of firefighters and police officers doing the can-can across the highway at an emergency scene. Yes, you're coordinated, but we haven't resolved the incident behind you. And so this is one of the, the big problems is that we have never defined what the good incident objectives are. And without that, we're throwing everything in the kitchen sink in trying to come up with something that looks good. Now, there is a solution to this. Not everyone agrees with me on it. And so from this point on, anything I say is not representative necessarily of ICS Canada or AEMA. Perfect. Well, let's make, let's make history then. Let's define an objective. All right. So in order to define what an objective is, we're going to start with P-Post. And as a quick aside for the uninitiated, P-Post stands for Priorities, Problems, Objectives, Strategies, and Tactics, and it is a mental model for understanding the incident. All right, back to the interview. A lot of people don't know, and when I went down to California the first time to teach incident command down in California, well, they looked at me like I'd grown a, another eye in the center of my forehead, 
And my co-instructor, Carly Benson, said they don't know what P-Post is. And I was shocked. You know, I thought that was all over the world. Well, it turns out that it's only in Canada. And so the more I look at, at uh, objectives, the more I realize this is a huge advantage because the Americans are essentially pulling objectives out of thin air. I'll, I'll give credit. That was introduced to the Canadian curriculum by Dean Monterey about 2009. He was one of the four people that brought ICS up to Canada. And he was asked by SIFSI to rewrite the wildfire-based ICS to make it all hazards. And they were going to give it lock, stock and barrel to a new entity called ICS Canada. And Dean insisted that P-Post be put in. Now, he had a bit of an argument whether it was goal post or P-Post, uh, priority or goals. And he felt that P-Priorities were closer to what was needed. And so he put in P-Post. The priorities we're talking about are really socially constructed. We all value life and, and property and the environment. Um, so we take our social license for these priorities from the society we live in. Absolutely. And and a lot of you, you've nailed it. Usually people say, well, ICS set the priorities or my organization set the priorities or the authority having jurisdiction. No, it is clearly set by society. And the reason I say that is two things. First of all, if you go around the world and look at ICS around the world, there are different priorities. If you go to New Zealand, one of the priorities is save the sheep. It's uh, phrased as provide for the welfare of livestock. Now, when you live in a country with 70 million sheep or 60 million sheep and 4.7 million people, obviously the sheep are important. But we need to understand that in that situation or in, in New Zealand, when the fires burn through the paddocks, they burn up not just you know the grass and the fences, but it may impact 10,000 sheep. And the farmers faced with 10,000 horribly burned sheep do not have enough ammunition to put the sheep down. They don't have the medicine to treat the ones that are lightly burned. They don't have food for them because the grass is all burned up. They don't have the fencing to keep them in. And it is overwhelming. You know, they've spent their entire lives trying to raise healthy, happy animals, even for slaughter. And to have to put them down one after another is not just heartbreaking, it's unimaginable. So in New Zealand, they've said the incident commander will assist the farmers by providing for the welfare of livestock. And you'll see this around the world. So you're absolutely right. It's the society that sets the priorities. And you see the priorities changing as society changes. And there's two examples that I would give. First is Hurricane Katrina, the U.S. Coast Guard does not rescue pets. They rescue people and only people. Well, they would lower the basket in, in hundreds, if not thousands of people on roofs. And uh, the family would start putting fluffy and ginger into the basket and the technician and say, I'm, I'm not taking pets. We only take people. And the kids would be crying and the adults would be arguing and the, the cat and dog would be stressed out. And they would finally leave and, and they would go to the next house and there it's the gerbil and the rabbit. Within 24 hours, the U.S. Coast Guard changed its policy. It does rescue pets. And they argued that that was to speed up the saving of lives. Well, you know, I get it, but I would argue that was society saying that fur babies are no longer property, but they're members of the family. And especially families with one kid or no kids, 
the pets have taken a, a higher status. And the other one, just very quickly, is I've been watching the last three or four years. If you don't think that the priorities are about to change on the environment, you got another thing coming. Um, the environment is rapidly becoming more important than property. And even within the oil and gas industry, the emergency management there says you can always buy another house, replace it, pay for it. But the environment, it may be lost permanently. You will protect environment before property. So right now, the oil and gas industry is saying environment and property rather than the other way around. So the priorities tell you when you respond and that's society demands a response. I really like that idea of societal driven priorities. And again, we're getting pretty technical here around definitions, but I know uh, there are many threats to life that we simply don't describe as incidents. You know, diabetes is a massive threat to life. It is absolutely not an incident. Homelessness is a giant threat to life. It's not really described as an incident. Sure. Yeah. There's always a threat, you know, are we going to have an incident response for the possibility of an asteroid hitting Earth? Well, no. And the reason being is that it must be an impending threat. And impending is a very specific word as opposed to imminent threat. Impending is defined as occurring or about to occur. It is almost certain. And at that point, an impending threat to one or more of the priorities is an incident. And now we get all sorts of things coming out of that. First of all, that distinguishes between diabetes and smoking and cancer is that those are cumulative threats or long-term threats. ICS was never meant to deal with long-term problems or cumulative problems. It is acute right away, right on top of you. Second of all, it tells you a little bit about why ICS doesn't work in all situations. Because the threat must be impending, it is a Hail Mary pass. We're going to do this, this, and this, and there's no room for debate. And that is a huge difference. And again, that society norms. As society said, do whatever you can. We don't have time to discuss it. But if there is time to discuss, there is a time to do research. If you can do community engagement, if you can do stakeholder engagement, if you can look at best practices and lessons learned, then ICS is not the way to go. And for that reason, if you have time, then don't use ICS. It was never designed for when you have time. So now we've got the definition of a problem is an impending threat to one of the three priorities. Then the objective becomes remove the threat. Yeah. And, and that is the definition of success. So the objective, the reason we respond is to remove the impending threats to the three priorities. So we've defined it. Now, how do we make it good? We often hear about like these smart objectives, simple, measurable, achievable, realistic, time bound. Is that a good measure of an objective? Absolutely not. Uh, the issue, and I, I'd like to describe it as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There are four things that we throw in thinking that uh, these are critical to objectives, and they're not. None of them are. And because of that, we're uh, overthinking objectives and, and being misled. And the first one is SMART. Now, SMART was developed in 1991. 
So it was developed, uh, let's call it 40 years after management by objectives was invented. And for 40 years, we didn't need SMART. We still had objectives and they were still business objectives or by 1983, 85, we were putting management by objectives into the course materials, just starting to put it in. So even before we put SMART in, we already had objectives and the objectives were dead simple. So the objective must exist before you make it SMART and it must be good before you make it smart. The other side of it is that anything can be made smart. And my simple example is um, I'm going to securely tie the laces on my left and right shoe before entering the incident scene within 10 minutes. So is that smart? Has it met the smart criteria? Sounds smart yep. to me. It's smart. Is that the reason we're there at the incident? When we tie our shoelaces, we can all go home? Unless the incident is the, the great shoelace crisis of uh, <laughs> 2024. No. And, no. and so basically what we've got is any task can be made smart. We still need to have the criteria for what is an objective and what isn't. And again, I'm going to quote from actual incident action plans. Have a medical plan for this response within the next hour. Yeah, that's smart. That's not the reason you're there. And so SMART uh, is, is dangerous because what we've done is we've got probably 80, 70 to 80% of the people thinking that SMART defines the objective and don't understand that most of what they're making SMART is not an objective at all. So management by objectives is the engine that drives the response. Then SMART is merely an odometer. It doesn't tell you what your destination is. That is set by the incident commander and, and that becomes your goal and objectives. And it doesn't tell you the route to take. That's your strategy. So what are the other three horsemen then? The, the next one is importance. And importance is mistaken for being an objective because it's important. Well, a lot of things are important, but the example I would say is a key important. Yeah, a key is important. If you take a look at the Titanic, uh, just a couple of years ago, the key for the crow's nest lookout cupboard just went on sale at a uh, historical auction. The fellow who was in the crow's nest for the sea trials of the Titanic left the ship and he had the key in his pocket. The crew came in for the maiden voyage and the crow's nest lookout looking through the fog couldn't see the icebergs. And part of the reason they figured that he couldn't see the icebergs is the binoculars were unavailable because the cupboard was locked and they couldn't find the key. So is that key important? Yes. Is that the reason the Titanic sailed? No. So it may be important, but it is not the objective in itself. And so there's, there's the second one is importance. And uh, that wraps up into the third one. This is the difference between a capital O objective, what are we here to do? And the small O objectives, the plain language objectives of what does the job entail? And so any position or task assigned to the position on the org chart is not an incident objective. It is merely important. So uh, that's the, the third one. And the last one, and here's, here's the real issue, management by objectives and PPOS were both added on to ICS without understanding the requirement for common terminology, a common terminology definition. And so that's where we're struggling 
is that we're not providing either the definition, and this is where talking with the United States uh, on their 9% success rate is not only have we failed to provide a definition that tells you exactly what an incident objective is, but we've also failed to provide any explanation of why anything else is not an appropriate incident objective. So when someone says, well, my, you know, we, we need to have a coordinated response. Yes, that is a good aim, but that's not the reason we're here. When we're all coordinated, we can't go home or we need to inform the public. Yeah, that's important, but that's not the reason we're here. We're here because of the threats. So when someone says, um, well, let's throw this down. Uh, oh, you're gonna love this one. You've never heard this before, I'm sure. Ensure the safety of the responders. That's gotta be our number one objective, our number one priority, our number one goal, our number one. And I go, no, that's an intention. It is not the end state that we want. We need to understand that safety exists before, during, and after the incident. It is not incident specific. How do you guarantee that no responder will ever get hurt? Stay at home. Stay at home. Don't <laughs> respond. And that's where society and response have a little bit of a conflict is society says, I demand you respond when things are little were are unsafe for little Johnny. And I demand that you put yourself into an unsafe condition. And that's why we can never treat safety as a objective. How can we improve? One is providing the common terminology definitions. The agreement of common terminology definitions should not be up to Tom Cox. This needs to be a common understanding across Canada. Second of all, stop talking about SMART until people have got the objectives, the threats to the priorities down cold, then you introduced, uh, introduced SMART. And the last thing is we need to provide people an exact list of what is not an objective and why not. We've talked about a lot of the problems with objectives and yet I would say that a lot of the incidents have been successful. Yep. Does this matter then? Have we just yes. been talking <laughs> talking circles? It matters because um, we're we're resolving the incidents despite ourselves. Uh, you know, we're doing everything we can to make it difficult. Whereas if we had a laser focus on here are the threats to the priorities, here's why we're here, bang, bang, bang. The positions and tasks assigned to the positions will never be declared to be a, an objective. It wastes everyone time. Why are we telling the planning chief to do their job when they already know their job. So we're being inefficient. Tom, thank you very much for joining us for this epic podcast. I'm going to end with uh, one of my favorite quotes of yours is that an objective without a resource is a wish. I'd, I'd like to say thanks to, to you and for, for everyone who cares about incident command and, and emergency response. And my wish is I hope 2022 is a hell of a lot better than 2021 <laughs> has been to everyone. Uh, I hope everyone has a good year. Great. I think that's a priority we can all agree on. Thanks so much. <laughs> So there you have it. That was Tom Cox talking about effective implementation of objectives. Some of my favorite points from this were the quote that ICS was never designed for when you have time and his four horsemen of the objective apocalypse. Those being making an objective smart before making it good, 
confusing importance or critical elements with objectives, confusing objectives with tactical tasks, and describing characteristics of a good response as an objective instead of the desired end state, that key example being safety. And that's all for this episode of Epic Podcast. Another huge thanks to Tom Cox for sharing his time and expertise on the topic of objective building. Uh, If you'd like to find out more about his work or listen to Tom's uh, multiple lectures or Tom Talks or Talks, uh, you can visit the ICS Canada resource page. Thanks for listening. Just before we go, I would like to thank our sponsors. This episode was brought to you in part by ATB Financial. With ATB Cares, giving is easy. Donate through ATB Cares and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities, maximizing the impact of your donation. Visit atbcares.com to choose your cause and donate today. I would also like to thank our partner and supporter, the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. And for today's feature, we are going to be promoing a fellow podcast called It's a Conspiracy. I think this is a rather poignant podcast these days, and they've put together a little clip, which I will play now. It's a conspiracy! All right. It's a Conspiracy is the podcast where we lay out the beliefs behind selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more. We do our best to present these without coloring them with our opinion until the end, where we let our feelings fly. We also do beer reviews, chat about geek culture, and whatever else strikes our fancy. Good times. And we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. You've been listening to an Epic Podcast production, a proud partner of the International Association of Emergency Managers Canada and a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. As always, Epic Podcasts are designed as a supplementary educational tool for the EM professional on the go. The views and opinions explored during this podcast do not necessarily represent the agencies or organizations that we or our guests may belong to. For more information about the show or the people on it, visit our website at epicpodcast.ca or follow us on Twitter at username Epic Podcast. Stay tuned for more on the next episode of Epic Podcast, current, relevant, Canadian.